last shopping to do. Uh, I don't know about you, but on, on Christmas, uh, when I was a kid, uh, when I was uh, very young, I was always so excited to open up gifts, uh, ones like this. Uh, and, I, you know, I loved uh, Christmas Eve night is when our family always did the gifts after church. And I, I couldn't wait till, uh, the, you know, the, the pastor would finally stop talking and we can go home and open up gifts. It was always going to be awesome. It was never you, Dave. Don't worry about that. But... Um, <laughs> And now as I'm, uh, I'm not a little kid anymore, I'm, I'm older, uh, I still love uh, Christmas morning when I get to watch uh, my kids or my family or whoever I buy gifts where I get to watch them open things. And um, uh, it's just an exciting time. So uh, that's coming up. I hope you guys are, are blessed this, this Christmas and just have a great time with uh, family. You know, sometimes uh, when you talk about gifts, when you think about gifts, um, uh, gifts can be uh, uh, something you didn't expect. Uh, maybe you have high hopes and anticipation. If you looked at it, look at a beautiful gift like this, something that is, is wrapped so pretty and has a great bow on it, you think, uh, oh man, that's got to be something good inside. And we get excited about the expectation of what gifts have. But have you ever been let down by a gift? You think uh, you know, you're going to open up a gift and maybe it's going to be a nice drill and you open it up and it's a pair of socks or something like that, right? Anybody have that happen before? Well, when I was, uh, when my, my son was a little bit uh, younger, uh, he was, of course, uh, very excited about Christmas. And, and uh, when, when the presents were underneath the tree, uh, you know, starting in early December, he would, he would say, can I just open up one gift tonight? Uh, and, and when I get home from work the next day, like December 2nd, uh, Dad, can I just open up one more gift? I can't wait till Christmas. Can I just open up one gift now? I don't want to save them all for Christmas. And I kept saying no and no and no. Finally, I'd had enough. And I thought, I'm going to set this little punk up. And I, I, uh, I, I went and grabbed one of his old toys. He had an old uh, PlayStation remote that he uses every, every day, right? And it was old and beat up and whatever, barely worked. And I wrapped that up in a nice gift bag and put a big, beautiful bow on it, put it right in front of the tree. And then, of course, when, I got, uh, when he got home later that day, he said, Dad, can I, pl- I know I would keep asking, but can I please just open up one gift? I said, all right, son, I love you very much. And so you can open up one gift. And Sure enough, he picked the gift that I just put there, and he unwrapped it and and opened it up and realized it was his old toy. See, I thought it it would be funny, but when you watch a little six-year-old cry because of something you gave, (laughs) oh, it was pretty funny. I mean, it, it was. The same thing happened to Clark W. Griswold. He was expecting a nice Christmas bonus, and what was he going to buy with his big Christmas bonus? A swimming pool. Yeah, he's going to put a swimming pool in for his family. And then the envelope came from the delivery guy, and he got what? Jelly of the Month Club. And of course, the uh, always optimistic cousin Eddie said, Well, Clark, that's just the gift that gives all year long. It is, but Clark was very uh, disappointed. Uh, and I, I take a look at the, this video. Here's another little girl who was disappointed in what she got last Christmas. I want a toy. I want a toy. 
Don't you like it? My toys. Well, at least she's clear about what she wants in life, right? You know, uh, sometimes life can be that way as well. Uh, sometimes you think, uh, you know, I'm going to go through life. I'm going to, uh, I can't wait to get to high school. And when you get to high school, you think, I can't wait to graduate. And then when you're uh, near graduation, you think, I can't wait for college. And then I can't wait for college graduation. And then I can't wait for my first job. And then to get married and then to have kids. And then to uh, uh, travel and do fun things. And that's what life should be. But sometimes God gives us things or sometimes uh, things happen throughout that that you're disappointed in. And you think like, like, like this gift represents your life and you're excited about the possibilities of, of all the cool things. And so you, you rip it open with uh, great anticipation of, of what is to come. And, and you reach into the box and you think, well, that's not at all what I wanted. Or maybe a, a death of a loved one. And you're thinking, that's not what I wanted in life. But you dig deeper and you think... Well, that's not at all what I wanted. And sometimes you expect uh, things in life, but you get doubts. Sometimes you're expecting awesome things, and then you end up with bad friends. And you have all these great expectations of life, the things that you're so excited for, and you, you, you dig into the gift, and you can't pay your bills. Or maybe you've been a victim of abuse. And this goes along with the bills. And sometimes you think, I didn't sign up for this. But these things are, are very real things, right? There's people sitting in this room that are thinking, yeah, that gift, that's my gift this season. These things aren't just uh, make-believes. They happen to everybody. These things are, are a very real part of life. And I don't have to tell some of you the anxiety and stress you feel when the, the bills you have exceed what you have in your checking account. There's not uh, a, a lot of peacefulness that happens in those situations. And you think, this is not what I wanted. I wanted a toy. Well, today we're going to be uh, finishing up our series, uh, God With Us. We've talked about uh, hope and love and joy. And today I want to wrap it all up by talking about peace. And when you think of the word peace, what comes to mind? Maybe you think of uh, someone in the uh, 60s or 70s with a, a tie-dye and a peace sign. Maybe uh, for you, peace is like a, a calming, uh, flowing river and green pastures. And you think, like, if you think it reads Psalm 23 and you can just feel the imagery that David is, is writing in there, it's just, it's a peaceful sound, a peaceful view. Uh, it's quiet. Maybe peace for you, you think of like wartime, right? Uh, wartime is the opposite of peace. When you have uh, uh, soldiers out and, and guns and, and, and shooting and battling, and the opposite of that is peace. In World War uh, I, there was a, um, a story of peace that I think was, was pretty cool. The war was a pretty intense global battle. Life in the trenches uh, was brutal, sometimes gruesome. 
New technologies of those days, uh, such as uh, tanks and mustard gas, had advanced the military capabilities to kill even more people in a greater uh, amount of time. And World War I, at the beginning of it, well, no, the whole war, but especially at the beginning of it, was just a gruesome, awful, non-peaceful time. And in 1914, in in December, on Christmas Day, they're at the beginning stages of the war, and something miraculous happened. The troops on, uh, soldiers on both sides decided to have on an unofficial Christmas truce. They stopped battling. They stopped the shooting. They came out of their trenches, and they actually met in the middle where the, 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 the battlefield was happening, and they kind of met in the middle there. And at first, they were just kind of meandering on their side, and then they would go and shake the guy's hand that they were battling against and say, Merry Christmas. And they even had, uh, it said a a soccer match broke out on on Christmas Day. And uh, that never happened again. Could you imagine that happening in 1914 in World War I? It never happened again because once the uh, officers got wind on that, uh, they never let it happen again. But in a similar way, God's peace can fill us and rule within us even when we are surrounded by death and evil. God's presence and peace can pierce even the darkest and most painful circumstances that we encounter in our lives. Things like this. And that's the peace that we want to talk about today. What do you face today? What pain is relentlessly bombarding you as you you hunger down in the trenches of life? What things keep you up at night? What things keep you thinking at night where your brain just will not turn off? What darkness haunts you even under the twinkling uh, lights and the candles and the decoration and the festiveness of this season? Because if you watch the holiday movies, especially on the Hallmark Channel, everything, no judgment to those who watch it, but goodness gracious, everything ends up just perfect. You know, the country guy who moves to the big city for a job and comes back to this country uh, uh, home and meets the girl and falls in love with the small town again. Ugh. But, I just had to get that out. It's not my nose. I just had to get that out, I guess. But life isn't always like that. Christmases don't always end with all joy and and peacefulness and in good times. If you've been journeying with us the past uh, three weeks toward Christmas, uh, you know we've been celebrating Advent. Just want to give you a quick recap of uh, what we've been talking about. Advent uh, means the coming or arrival and the season is marked by expectation, this, this waiting, anticipation, and longing. Advent is not just uh, an extension of Christmas. It's a season that links the past, the present, and then the future. It reminds us the opportunity we have to share in the ancient longing for the coming of the Messiah, to celebrate his birth, and to be alert of the second coming. And in that, we are celebrating uh, God with us. Each week, we we focused on a different attribute uh, of God represented in the coming of Jesus, or the the Advent season. And he is the embodiment, Jesus is, of these traits. He is the embodiment of hope, love, joy, and peace. And he has entered into our world, and he's the one who fills us with all of these things. You see, in the Christmas story, the, um, the shepherds, 
often get a bad rap. They are presented uh, as outcasts in a society. Uh, they probably weren't your uh, smartest and brightest uh, men. Uh, uh, they are uh, they're, uh, dirty, they're unruly, uh, and they were at the bottom rung of society. They were definitely a lower social class. And then on the other end of the spectrum in Israel uh, were the, uh, the religious leaders of the day. Uh, they were uh, smug in their moral goodness and their, their high positions of power. They made sure everybody else knew of their high positions and who they were. The Pharisees and Sadducees and the like at the top. Everyone else uh, was below them, and below those people probably of the day uh, were the shepherds. So in this hierarchy, shepherds weren't accustomed to being contacted by angelic beings. They weren't spoken to by God. That was the religious folks. And they didn't expect a direct message from God uh, uh, through angels, but that's what happened in the Christmas story. You all know the nativity scene that there's, there's shepherds there. Angels spoke to them. If we look in, in uh, Luke uh, 2, uh, we get a glimpse of this. It said, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and said, Glory to the Lord, glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. So what's going on here? And then as if a, a, a vision of an angel wasn't enough, the entire sky uh, uh, started to glow and a guy spoke to the shepherds. He said this, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring with you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people today. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This is a, uh, will be a sign to you that you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Unbelievable, right? But wait, there's more, literally more, as in more angels. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praying God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. The words were almost more unbelievable as the messengers themselves. The angels were making a proclamation of peace to those on whom God's favor rests. And they were making it to who? To shepherds. They weren't talking to uh, the pastors or the Pharisees or the religious uh, elites of the group. They went out to the field and talked to the shepherds. Can you imagine the confusion that they must have felt uh, and the doubts that maybe they were probably going through? Thinking, why, why are they talking to us? Why weren't they going uh, in and talking to the church leaders? Why are they telling us th this message? This wasn't supposed to happen to the shepherds. Supernatural encounters with God's messengers and promises of blessing and favor didn't come to shepherds. They were reserved for spiritual leaders. But nothing is done just by happen chance in the Bible. I want you to see what, what, what that means. Uh, like much of Jesus' coming, the announcement didn't fit the mold of expectations of that time. Ironically, the religious elite are absent from the birth announcement. You don't see the religious uh, uh, people of the day in the nativity scenes. There's shepherds there. There's Mary and Joseph and, and the angels and the wise men, but there's no religious folks there of the day. 
the announcement to the shepherds that God had come uh, to be with us in the birth of the Messiah turned the current system on its head. It reminded people, and it reminds us today, that God's favor is not based on, on your, your status in society, not based on what you can offer God. It's not based on human standards. His favor is on all of those who humbly acknowledge their brokenness and accept the gifts of hope, love, joy, and peace. That's good news for us. The angels appeared to the shepherds. The shepherds received the announcement of good news, and then they become the message bearers of peace. And in three short steps, they had come to, to a full circle as Jesus' arrival literally meant a kind of restoration for the role of shepherds. Because here on out, Jesus uses the word shepherd in a very positive way. Shepherds before Jesus meant uh, stinky, maybe not a so bright person. That, well, let's just put him out in the field and watch the gross animals. But now Jesus talks about shepherd in a very good way. In fact, he calls himself a shepherd. He transforms the meaning of the word. Jesus' arrival for the shepherds marked the starting place of peace to all of those on whom his favor rests, to all of those with whom he is present, which includes us. The God of peace is truly with us. Peace is not based on a class or a position or an occupation, but on his purpose and design to bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Praise God. The Prince of Peace has come. And on this uh, final Sunday before Christmas, this final Sunday of Advent, I want to explore what that looks like throughout history and in our own lives today. See, way back in history, uh, um, as recorded in the Old Testament, when God gave the law to Moses and set up the roles and duties of priests to guide the spiritual life of the ancient Jews, he gave them the ultimate blessing to speak to the people. Check this out in Numbers. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. We've talked about that before. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Hebrew, root, uh, Hebrew word uh, used in that blessing and throughout the Old Testament is shalom. We've heard of that before here, shalom. Uh, it, it conveys a rich, powerful meaning. So much more than just the absence of fighting, shalom reflects a safety and a completeness and a, a wholeness that, that Christ, that, that Jesus brings. And this is the, the type of peace uh, brought by God with us. Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he ushers in this peace. Isaiah says this, for uh, to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. You see, the Jews of Jesus' day, they wanted a Messiah to come and to give them uh, political justice. Um, they were oppressed by the Romans at that time, and so what the Jews wanted was a, a Messiah to come that would wipe out those who were oppressing them and bring justice in that way. 
They were a conquered people at the mercy of a powerful military empire. Uh, but the Jews also understood and logged for shalom, this, this peace that they knew. And the concept was foundational uh, to their culture and spiritual life. The completeness and wholeness with God is what Jesus brought into our world and left in our world. It's a peace that calms our souls deeply. It's a calm acceptance that uh, when you say, it is well with my soul, no matter what swirls and storms around me. It's a peace that we celebrate today. And when Jesus returns one day, he will heal all that's been broken and restore God's kingdom to complete uh, shalom again. And there will be the absence of war and hatred, but even that type of peace will bring an extension of the wholeness that he will establish. One Christmas, this, this mom, uh, mother got some beauty cream uh, products from uh, her husband. And uh, that evening on Christmas Day, she decided to try one. She put on this, uh, this, this face mask, mask, this rejuvenating cream face mask stuff. Uh, she was doing that when her, her little uh, son came in. And uh, little kids can be quite honest, right? And he saw this white mask on his mom's face. And he said, Mom, what are you doing? And she said, well, honey... Uh, uh, your father gave me some beauty products that I wanted and this cream will help uh, restore my skin and make me look uh, beautiful. And the little boy thought for a moment and he said, I hope dad gave you enough for a second coat. <laughs> Brutal, right? Yeah. And even in our homes, we need peace. This peace is not a thing, uh, but this peace that we talk about, this shalom is a person. Near the end of Jesus' life, he spoke, three words, he spoke these words to his disciples in John. He said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You see, Jesus knew his followers were about to experience a crushing blow. When he left uh, his disciples, um, he was going to give them something that they were not ready for, that they were not preparing themselves, that they didn't even know uh, would happen. For uh, many and many of years, uh, they followed Jesus every single day. They gave up their lives, their jobs, or their, their livelihood, and they followed Jesus. And then all of a sudden, he's, he was going to tell them that, that he was going to be leaving and that they now were in charge. That is a big blow to these guys. And, and um, uh, he had a gift for him that was uh, different from anything in our world. Peace is not given as the world gives. It's not a, a gift that can be taken away or it's not something that we can create on our own. It's not the absence of pain or hurt or noise or violence or uncertainty. Peace is a person. Peace is Jesus. Peace is Jesus with us as the Prince of Peace. And his assurance to the disciples was that even in what would appear to be the most hopeless of situations, that he would be with them, that his peace in his presence would be with us no matter the circumstances. Paul says this in Ephesians, for he himself is our peace. As we experience God's presence, uh, we become uh, interwoven and uh, inseparable from the peace that he is and that he gives to us. Paul goes on to say this, he, meaning uh, Jesus, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. 
His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. You see, God with us brings peace. And it brings peace between us and God, but he also brings peace among the people who were drawn together and un. Uh, and unified in God through Jesus. Jesus' peace is not simply uh, that we agree to disagree. It is in him that we are made one. In, in wholeness, we are reconciled to God and to others. Let me ask you uh, a question. How peaceful is your Christmas season? If we're honest, we might choose words like uh, uh, busy or, or hectic or frantic maybe how peaceful is your christmas season maybe it's an overload of of schedule that robs you of your peace or maybe it's something more maybe it's a uh, a relational conflict that you're going maybe it's pressure at work a loss of a job an illness uh, you name it for many of us peace sounds like a long ways away A good idea, a nice thought for uh, the season and for the holidays, something we long for, if only we could feel the peace of God with us. Maybe you're sitting here and you have uh, some of these things right here and you're thinking, I have this and I have that. How could I possibly have peace? When I uh, uh, go through a story that... um, uh, uh, that we see in the New Testament about the d- disciples and Jesus. They were on a boat in the Sea of Galilee. And it must have been, um, they, they were sailing for a while, and then they came across the storm. And it must have been a pretty radical storm because remember, these disciples that were traveling with Jesus, many of them did this for a living before they left everything to follow Jesus. They had traveled these seas, they had fished in these seas all of their life. They knew what storms on this sea were like. Yet when the seas came, water started uh, uh, hitting the boat and rocking the boat and water coming over into the boat. And they were scared. The Bible says that that the disciples were fearful, fearful of their lives. And guess what Jesus was doing? Sleeping on a pillow. And they're thinking, doesn't he care about us? Here we're about to die and all he could do is sit there and sleep. And maybe you're like, uh, you're like me and you've said this to God before. I'm going through this. Don't you even care about me? Mark records a response like this. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat. So that was, it, it was already filling. But he, Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Translated, we're about to die, yo, what are you doing? Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. With just a command for for peace from Jesus, the storm calmed And the sea turned tranquil. The disciples were in awe for a very good reason because in one moment there was a storm that was about to take their lives and in the very next moment, complete flat 
glassy water, stuff that skiers and wakeboarders dream about at night. Right, Maxwell? <laughs> Complete tranquility from rocky, stormy waves to glassy seas. And they were amazed. Those disciples, in reality, God is, is there. God is with us. He was always present, just like he was, was with the disciples. God is always with us, even in the storms in our lives. And he know, knows what's swirling around us. He knows what we're going through in our circumstances. And he, his promise is that he will never leave us, that he will never fail. It's in, it is this presence of peace that we celebrate our journey toward Christmas. But how? Maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, hey, Tim, this all sounds great. This is all fairyland uh, stuff. I have one of these boxes. I would love this piece that you speak of, but how do I get that? Great question. Let me answer it for you. When we come to God through uh, prayer, he changes us inside. You see, God's peace is able to bring a powerful transformation in our spirits. No matter what we are anxious or worried about, we can bring our needs and our requests to God. Paul describes a process like this. He says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. That's what you do. Here's the result. Are you ready? When you do this, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Catch that when you're, when you're going through things, when this stuff is happening to you, what, what Paul is saying and what Jesus would, would echo is present those things to God. Give those things up to him. Have then a thanks, thank, thankful heart, a heart of thanksgiving. And then when you do that, you will have the peace of God, which you won't be able to understand Right? When you, when you, when you're, when you uh, don't have a job and you can't pay your bills or, you, or your health is deteriorating, but yet you're, you're giving thanks to God, people won't understand that. It's not normal. But when you do that, he will guard your hearts and your minds. Many of you know uh, uh, Jeff Steenberg, and uh, he's had a rough couple of, of weeks. He fell some weeks ago uh, uh, pretty, uh, pretty hard, and then just like Jeff, he was trying to get up and, and, and get going the next day and do some things, and he fell again, and uh, he uh, hurt his shoulder and his elbow, and uh, it's, you know, he's in his 90s, so anytime you fall when you're in your 90s, uh, it's a tough thing, but uh, he's in a rehab uh, facility now. He will be for several months. Uh, Mike and I went and saw him a couple of weeks ago, and uh, that's a tough situation when, when you're in a rehab facility in your 90s, and you're going to be there for months, uh, his, his arm is wrapped up. He's banged up. And you know, he went and got in that room. I don't know if you guys know Jeff real well, but all he could do is sit there and thank God. It didn't, when, he, when, he, when that verse says that it'll surpass all understanding, that's it. I'm thinking, why are you thankful? <laughs> why are you, why, how is this your response? He almost wouldn't let Mike and I talk about his, his situation and his arm and this and that. He was, he was thankful for us. He, he said, let me pray for you guys. How is the church doing? That's a dude who has peace. 
He's sitting in a situation, in a circumstance that would not allow for peace, but yet that's not his heart. Because long ago he gave that up to God and he prayed his situation up to God. And now God is protecting his heart. He now has the prince from the prince of peace. That's how that works. It's not a facade or a fakeness in Jeff. That's just him. He has peace. And it doesn't matter what circumstance he is in. He knows that God is good and he's given that to God. As we talk to him and we give thanks, God's peace swells within us and guards our emotions. It's a miraculous peace, one that transcends all understanding. But this is the God that we're dealing with. This is our Prince of Peace, the giver of shalom, the giver of uh, his spirit of peace. When he comes, when we come close to him, when we go to worship him like those shepherds did, when we connect with him, he transforms us in our outlook, no matter how bad the swirling storm is, he can calm it and he carries us through it. Uh, several years ago when my kids were much younger, uh, it was a spring break time and all three kids were off, all three kids in the house for a week. And after the first two or three hours, they were bored. And so uh, one day I said, you know what? We're going to go on a family adventure tomorrow. Not going to tell you where, but be ready, and we're going to go. And they got up the next morning. I didn't even have to wake them up. They ate their breakfast, and we were in the car at 9 o'clock, and we started driving. They are probably thinking, oh, Disneyland or Hollywood Studios or any of this kind of stuff. But guess where we went? The Reagan Library. What an exciting time, Right? You should have saw the face on them when we pulled into the Reagan Library on their spring break. We had a great time, though. Don't let, you, uh, don't let them tell you otherwise. But we went and saw uh, uh, President Reagan's plane that he used during his presidency, the Air Force One of his time. I don't know if have ever been there. It's pretty awesome. You got to walk through there. And then at the very top, you, you, you come down uh, four flights uh, or, or so. And, and so you, open, you, you, you go to the elevators and it opens and there's like 100 people that are trying to get in one tiny little elevator, right? And so uh, uh, Kylie and I, my daughter, uh, we get into an elevator and it is packed. Like it's max capacity is 20. We probably had 30 people in there and we're shoulder to shoulder like this and, you know, for probably a 30 second elevator ride uh, down. Now, I got an idea. I thought, I can't let this pass. You know, and it was proper etiquette, right? So the entire elevator was very, very quiet. And so I just leaned over to my daughter and whispered in her ear. Okay, I didn't whisper. I said it quite loudly so the whole elevator could hear. Kylie, did you make sure to put your rash cream on today? Remember that guy? Ah, oh, she thought it was great. 10 years later, maybe, but uh, yeah, she uh, immediately just put her head down and shook her head like that and could not wait to get out of that elevator. It was great. I realized a couple of parenting stories that I chose for today were probably not uh, the greatest uh, light, uh, putting myself in the greatest light, uh, but such is the way it goes. Now, fast forward, I, I can't remember how old she was. Fast forward uh, to today, this past October, we had a very different elevator ride. Uh, we walked into uh, an appointment at UCI and walked through the doors of a hospital building that said cancer treatment facility. 
And we got into an elevator and rode that up to the third floor to meet, uh, to do her doctor's appointment with her doctor. And anytime you're in a building that says cancer treatment facility, as many of you know, is a tough thing. It's not a situation that you anticipated in life. It's not like you opened a gift and said, yay, cancer. But sometimes you go through stuff. And in that moment, it could have been something that was rough. It could have been something uh, that was, uh, that could have, uh, where fear and anxiety and stress and nervousness takes over. There are people in that facility uh, who are having those feelings. But as we stood side by side going up the elevator and waiting in the, in the waiting room, we were okay. We would have rather been somewhere else, but we were okay. We talked, we joked. I made fun of her chubby cheek because she's on a steroid. We had a good time. And when I thought about that later, I thought, that's odd. I was totally okay with, with, with today. Even though you go through a situation like that, that might cause anxiety or fear, I was okay. But do you know why I was okay? Because I know of a God who is greater than all of that. We serve a God who is greater than all of this. We serve a God who is a good, good father, who loves us, who wants the very best for us. You either believe that in those situations or you don't. I believe that. I put my full faith and trust in God that his ways are far better than mine. So no matter what I'm going through, no matter what situation I'm in, no matter what facility I go to, God is good. He is in charge. The world spins and revolves because he allows it to. He's in charge. And when you have that mindset, you have what Jesus calls peace. That's what peace is. That's what this verse is talking about. That's when we say Advent brings across peace. That's it. Not that you're tricking yourself into believing something better or you're tricking yourself into having a good positive attitude. It's believing that God is better and greater than all of these things. Anything that I can go through, God is greater. And then he, that this verse says he protects your heart and he guards your emotions. And instead of fear and anxiety, you can then have trust and faith into a God who spoke our existence into being. And here's how that works. Maybe you're facing uh, some of these things today. Maybe you have a death of a loved one. And this Christmas season, there's going to be an empty chair at the dinner table. Maybe you have some doubts in your life. Maybe you've gone through abuse. And let me tell you, when the abuse stops, it doesn't mean that your issues stop with that. This travels with you for the rest of your life. Maybe your bills are past due. Maybe you're uh, thinking, what do I pay this week? Uh, Edison, gas, mortgage. Maybe you have gone through a season where you're job is gone. And you think, God, that is my source of income. 
Well, peace says that you say, God, my job is a way of me providing for my family, but you are the ultimate provider. And I'm going to put my faith and my trust in my provision with God, not in the job. And by doing that, that gives you the peace. Maybe you are going through a situation where you have awful, rotten friends or a loneliness because of a friend situation that you have. And so you put that into the box and maybe you do have things like cancer or a bad health or things going on with you. But when you have the outlook, when you say that God, uh, I'm seeing physicians every day this week, but you are the ultimate physician. You are in charge of all of my situations, all of my circumstances, and I give everything to you. What happens then is you put that in the box and you give it up to God and he guards and protects your heart. And instead of Instead of facing all of these rotten, horrible, often things, you get the gift of the Prince of Peace. No more do you have to struggle and worry and have anxiety over all of this garbage, this this awful, tough stuff. You now get the Prince of Peace. What better gift to have this Christmas season than the Prince of Peace? Whatever you guys are going through right now, I can guarantee of the 150 or so folks that are here today, there's one or two of you who maybe uh, life isn't all uh, roses and sunshine. What greater gift can you give yourself today than the Prince of Peace? And let me tell you, some of the people in your circles, you're one, your neighbors, your friends, your family, they need to hear about the Prince of Peace. They need to hear about the Jesus that offers in a hope, a love, a joy, and a peace. And we have a service on, on Wednesday. People are open to coming on Christmas Eve and hearing about our God. Invite them in. Mike has an awesome message planned for Christmas Eve that uh, we would love uh, to bring to you that day if you just bring your friends over. And I just want to encourage you... Um, that today, if you are going through these things, this is what the Bible talks about when they say, cast all your cares onto me and I will give you rest. I want to close in prayer, but if you, uh, uh, if you are this type of person, I'm going to pray for you today. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for the awesome gift that you give today of peace. I pray, Lord, that you are a good, good father and that, that you are so powerful and able to handle anything that comes our way. Man, cancer and divorce and loneliness and money issues are no match for the creator of the universe. And God, it is you who we serve and you who we commit to today. Let us have that Uh, uh, heart today. Lord, I pray for those here today who are are struggling with some sort of storm in their lives today. Lord, would you be real and powerful and evident, especially today in their lives? Lord, would you wrap them up? Would you hold them close and would you let them experience the tranquility and peacefulness of being in our Heavenly Father's arms? Lord, we love you. We thank you for all these things. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.